Hey, Jim, guess what? What? This week, we're talking about charity hands. Show me those charity hands. Here they are. Oh, my God, magical. Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. I love this. The giving hands, the charity hands. The giving season, Uh, really. It really is. Yeah. The gratitude hands. I Mm. talked a little bit about that on my Instagram. Yes, that's right. And my email list. Oh, that's right. Another good opportunity. Um, Yeah. So for this week, you know, with it being December and everything, you know, you and I were talking about ways to give that kind of scoot around the uh, supply chain breakdowns and right. as a way to support local businesses, which I yeah. thought was a perfect opportunity for some content here on an episode of Knit a Spell. Right. I mean, we all, I hope people are aware it's been in the news. There's so much going on around mm-hmm. the global su- supply chain is completely clogged up with the pandemic and other unsustainable practices that have just had everything in a, is, is a mess. And the place where the supply chain does not break down is where, you know, it isn't um, where it is sustainable is when you are doing things that are local and that are networked and that are not based on something that is ordered from overseas and that is based on a huge global, Mm. I have to order something from somewhere far away, right? Right. Many hands to make it. Yeah. Anyway, there's lots of reasons around that that people can research. But what is really interesting is there is enough supply from people around you. And there's also other ways of giving that we haven't talked about. So what I think is really exciting about this episode, we are going to talk about ways of giving Mm. that are outside of what we normally think about at the holiday season. Probably though, a lot of our listeners are going to totally jive with a lot of these ideas. I think so. But I think that this is something for all of us to be reminded of, because as you and I were planning this episode, I think both of us inspired each other. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't think about that. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, again, I think we will uh, be surprised uh, by each other's answers. And then I think our listeners also will likely have some good feedback uh, as well, based on what we're going to say. So let's jump right in with... The idea of charity hands. Now, what does this idea of charity hands mean to you, Jim? So I think the idea of charity, I mean, it gets a bad rap sometimes because Mm. I think people can take advantage of, you know, charity or a handout. I think we have this um, thing in America, especially this brutal American individualism that is so destructive that, you know, we, we don't want to hand out or we think that Mm. charity is, you know, abused or is somehow, you know, Mm -hmm. um, um, ashamed of it. Right. Right. Mm. Associated with shame. But this is the idea that um, if we could create a society where there was, where we had a better, better help and better, you know, generosity in in our society and more access to the amazing and immense wealth and abundance that was available everywhere, Mm -hmm. um, that we, that charity wouldn't be just something that tapped the few and that it would be a little bit 
from everybody. And it's this idea that is often there, like the many hands make for like light work idea that, um, you know, I, I'm going to probably reference this a lot in this episode, but I used to work in oncology in a large, um, um, uh, medical, um, center. And I worked a lot with patients and when we, and even with friends. And so I had a lot of experience when someone has cancer, there's this tendency for people to just sort of be individualists and say, we're going to just get through it. And like, Mm. I have my spouse with me and they're going to take care of me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, cancer is bigger than just two people. And I highly recommend, although you can probably muscle through, I highly recommend activating your community. If you have like 12 people or everyone has probably 30 acquaintances in their physical community, that means that you would only have to make like a casserole or a pot of stew once a month. Mm. And that family would be fed for an entire month. Yeah, It's kind of amazing to think about, like you could certainly make one lasagna or one pot of stew or one thing of chili or you know what I mean? That one uh, thing that your mom made or like that, that fall back into comfort through food. Yeah. yeah. It's not a lot to ask, not a heavy lift, but we don't think in those terms. Right. And so I, I think of that. I think like when we think of charity, we think, Oh God, I'm going to be tapped out by helping someone. Right. Yeah. Okay. What is it? What comes up for you when you think of charity or charity hands? Well, you know, being a maker slash knitter, for me, I think of like literal making for a cause with your hands. So for me, a couple of things that came up were like Knitted Knockers Association, which is uh, a wonderful organization that is for women with mastectomies to knit a prosthetic breast for them. It was developed by a woman, Barb, who went through this herself and found that, you know, the implants are super expensive, really uncomfortable, heavy, like made of plastics and things that are not good for you. And when you have like such a fresh, um, you know, surgical part of your body, the last thing you want is something heavy, uncomfortable on you. And you can't even wear it for a long period of time. And so this is a period where a lot of women are very self-conscious in a time where they're already like, you know, in a, in a state. So um, having a knitted breast that is, you know, in a cotton that's, you know, knit made with love that can be made your size, that's lightweight, washable um, is really, really empowering and has become such a big organization that they now have local branches all over the world. It's really, really incredible and a great way to give back. It's an amazing idea to have like different access to different types of prostheses Mm. for people in, you know, and I love that it can just be made with, by from the community. Right. Yes, exactly. And they're, and they're very inexpensive. Yes. This breast prosthetics are super expensive. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to have people just be able to knit them, way mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, people who can make them can 
can obtain materials for free through this organization or through their local Knitted Knockers organization. A lot of people will donate money or yarn to that local branch and then give it to the maker so that they can, Mm -hmm. like I said, offer their skill, even if they don't have the funds to do it, um, to help someone else. And and it's also important to know that, like, you know, each branch is probably going to have different needs. So by connecting with that branch, you can find out, like, oh, okay, you know, quite often it's larger sizes that are, you know, in a higher demand. Or um, remembering that, like, a natural color as opposed to something decorative might be a little bit more comfortable for someone to wear. So, right. um, but you never know. There's always people with different tastes. So it's nice to just get yeah. in touch to see what is needed. Right. At at the cancer center I worked at, there was a knit for life group that Mm, would meet mm -hmm. um, multiple times a week and they would just be downstairs uh, knitting and chatting. And often they would be knitting stocking caps Ah, and those stocking caps were free giveaways in the patient resource center Mm. so that um, a cancer patient never had to go without a beanie or a a stocking cap on their head Mm. because chemo often causes you certain types of chemo cause people to lose their hair. Right. So you never had to be cold on a Seattle wet Seattle day. Yeah, that's great. So, so that was also another way that people can uh, contribute is knit, you know, a beanie or a stocking cap, which can be done in just a few days if you're even if you're not even a crocheted hat mm-hmm. you know you don't have to be that skilled of a knitter or crocheter to be able to do a simple project like a stocking cap and it's that's pretty easy spiral exactly you know, to do. and many of these people many people don't want anything too fancy you know they want it to be really functional and really comfortable um not necessarily yeah. call attention out so yes um and that's Another thing worth considering with the other thing that I like to keep in mind in terms of making with your hands, which is knitting and making for your local homeless, specifically hats. Again, that's another one where I find hats seem to be one of the most requested items. And yet again, in usually black, just make it in black. That's what I'm learning. Just make it in black. Just make (laughs) it in black. That's what I want. (laughs) I want black. If you're going to make me something... I don't need it in some color. But he does want it with some sparkle. That's just Jim. Or purple. <laughs> well, I mean, it could yes. be purple. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but typically, again, it's like a basic design, basic colors. And, and remember that wool actually is typically a better fiber to use in this situation, especially if it's a soft nice wool, you know, those are going to be soft. And remember, we talked about the magical qualities of wool in our episode a few, few episodes ago, talking about the Aaron knit sweaters, you know, it, it's naturally flame retardant, it is like odor resistant, it can absorb, you know, a third of its weight in water before feeling wet. So it's a really great tool for someone to have who may have circumstances where they're not able to, you know, have such reliances on things to wash or whatnot so yeah it's a stronger tool Mm -hmm. it's beautiful yeah i think there's other ways think about like how do we offer our services so as magical practitioners Mm -hmm. as a palm reader there's this idea of like how do we actually do palm reading for 
people? How do we help people evolve past their, their situation? Some of the things that I have done is provided visitation to people who are in prison. So I have done that with a local people who are perhaps identify as witch or Wiccan. I'll visit them in prison and I'm on the list there to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm also on the list to visit people in hospital if they identify as witch or Wiccan. And I've done that um, and even performed, you know, end of life um, blessings on people who are in hospice and things like that. So that has been a way to offer of my services and be available to people, to chaplains in different hospitals. Since I'm an ordained minister and I'm able to perform those services and yeah. have um, the trust of the chaplains to be able to do that. So that's a really beautiful, very deeply moving thing to be able to do. I think the prison system is probably the most challenging for me, but it's really fulfilling to do. Yeah. And in the hospitals, I'm very comfortable and it's really fulfilling to do that in hospice and hospitals. And the other thing is occasionally I will donate gift certificates to uh, charities. So there's one locally here that is a fund. It's called the Healing Hearts Fund. And that's a, a small fund in the Pacific Northwest that helps people. They have an application process that helps people with a one-time short-term expense that's unexpected. That's mm -hmm. not a recurring expense. Like someone's car needs a repair or someone has an un, unexpected medical expense or, sure. you know, things like that. Mm. So they can throw them or, or a funeral expense, like someone needs cremation or, or something like that. Right. So mm. these are things that they've paid for in the past. Maybe it's a few hundred to a, th a couple thousand dollars or something. And so they raise money every year to have this fund available to help people over these short-term humps that happen. And it's really a cool thing. And it's actually benefited people in my personal community in the past. Mm -hmm. So I always donate to that fund. And so I've donated several gift certificates for palm readings, and then they sell them for whatever they want to sell them for, which mm -hmm. makes my readings accessible to the community, but it also raises money for this fund. I've also taught classes at the their annual psychic fair, the Healing Heart Psychic Fair. Mm -hmm. So these are also things that people can consider as far as what does it mean to have healing hands or, yeah. or charity hands that are out there? That's such a great way to give to a local organization too. You, you've seen, you know, people who have been helped by it and you contribute to the helping that they provide. That's, that is the perfect circle of life in that situation. What a great example. Right. Yeah. So another thing I was thinking, actually going back to the knitted knockers. So <laughs> I've researched a little bit about like mojo bags mm. and I feel like, you know, this would be kind of like a great opportunity to put a little magic with consent and all of that things. But like, let's say the recipient of one of these knitted knockers is themselves a witchy type person, right? What are some ways that they could infuse magical qualities into their knitted knocker, much like a mojo bag? Yeah. So you know, they're probably going to be stuffed with something that is lightweight, but flexible, right? Mm -hmm. So probably not batting because that's a little too perky, right? So yeah. sometimes it's, it's like a wool batting, which is a little bit more substantial. So, mm -hmm. mm. so although, you know, it's a little tough sometimes to have something highly scented, like right under your nose all mm. day long. I don't know how um, it depends on the comfort level of the person. Sure. Also, chemotherapy can cause, even the late effects of chemotherapy can cause people to be very highly sensitive to scent. 
Mm-hmm. So most cancer centers are scent-free zones and they advise caregivers, patients, and visitors to not wear any scent at all. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's artificial or essential oil, it can be very difficult for um, people who've had chemotherapy to put up a scent. And so these are a couple things to know about yeah. the side effects and the late effects of treatment of cancer is that it can really mess with your sense of smell and taste. Mm, okay. So that's something to know before we go into sort of like the ideas of a mojo bag. Sure. Certainly there can be some, you can get those teeny tiny little vials of gemstones. Oh yeah. So that can be something that can be put in or sewn in mm-hmm. or um, somehow put in. If you had a little like you know, sachet within or a little tiny piece of fabric that you could line them up on the inside, maybe sort of like a little underwire at the Mm. bottom. It's Mm -hmm. not really an underwire, but it's a little like lineup of maybe you want garnets to enhance like um, beauty and like, Mm. okay, maybe you want rose quartz because you want some of that self-love or that soft love, right? Maybe you want garnet to enhance, you know, bring your mojo or your sexual sort of prowess back because chemotherapy can really destroy your, your sex drive. Right. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Some hematite to ground you right back into mm. your body. Your body has, you, there can be a feeling like my body has betrayed me. That is a common feeling that I've noticed from people. So you can have some hematite that kind of grounds us and brings us back into our body and, and, you know, kind of reestablish yeah. that relationship with the body. You can bring some quartz to sort of clear and have a clearing. And so that's something that I would maybe suggest is like, think about how maybe someone could incorporate crystals into their um, knitted knocker if they wanted to do that. That's a great idea. Just because I know I, the man who knows too much about oncology. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a blessing in some ways, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, so that's a good, that's a good point. It's a, it's sort of like you're welcoming in a new object to your body. You could really put like almost a little petition in there too. Sort of like, hello, That's a welcome. Great idea. You know, you're welcoming it in. It's welcoming it onto you. Yep. You know, and you could really get a little love note to yourself. Yes. Mm. It's a great idea. It's a great mm. idea. So you could put a little paper in there and you could certainly put a little bit of, I would add, I would say that if you received a knocker after it was already made, Mm. you could anoint that knocker with an oil that doesn't bother you. You could open up the back and insert your own petition, insert your own, you know, things into Mm. that, you know, knitted knocker yourself, right. To charge it. So that would be another way to do it too, is like make it your own. Gosh, I'm sure that's just a, you know, a few ideas. I'm sure people will use that to inspire us with their ideas actually so. <laughs> awesome all right so that was great um let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about another fun topic that i'm excited to jump into how's that sounds awesome all right we'll be right back so do you have anything uh coming up or uh happening this week that the people need to know about jim nope just it's the season for giving i love the idea that people should give a pattern from light from lantern Download a pattern from Ravelry, Mm. wrap it up with a beautiful skein of yarn, and 
that would be such a great gift under the Christmas tree for a, or the holiday tree or the, or the Hanukkah menorah or whatever holiday, whatever holiday you're celebrating. Yes. (laughs) Not too close to the old log. Don't burn it. (laughs) No, no, that'd be such a great, wouldn't it be a cool uh, gift to give? You can find all of Light from Lantern's patterns on Ravelry. You can find links to all of those at lightfromlantern.com. Or you can follow her on Instagram at Light from Lantern. Subscribe to her newsletter. Mm. Super awesome. Yes. So do that. Well, uh, I also know of a great gift that you can give that is never out of stock. And that is a digital gift card uh, of a hand reading, divine hand reading from one amazing James Divine. Yes. True. You can do this at thedivinehand.com. Or you can, uh, you know, follow along on his Instagram, Divine Hand Jim. And if you haven't signed up for his newsletter at this point, you're missing out on all sorts of amazing mudras, helpful hints and tips to get you through the holiday season, and maybe even like a super exclusive discount on an upcoming class or course that we don't even know about yet. So don't miss out. Yeah. Awesome. You're sweet. Oh, you are. And we're back. All right. What's the idea you had? Tell me. Tell me now. So, uh, I've been waiting. So, <laughs> I knew you'd be excited. So this <laughs> half is all about uh, creating versus consuming. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. We're swapping C's. Like, yes. can we just talk about consumption? Like, let's just define those first Lay of all. Lay it on me. Yes. Because how do I create without consuming? Like I have to go and buy the yarn. I have to go and buy the thing. I have to go and buy the paint or the canvas. There are so many times when I need to take that trip to Michael's before I can create. Ah. Or do I? That's right. And I think that's what I want to challenge in my own mind. Mm-hmm. And I want to challenge our listeners, right? I mean, I'm right there with you. It's it's very habit forming to feel like every new project you start requires entirely new materials. But quite often, and maybe it's just me as a maker. <laughs> I totally it's you, Katie. Just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm probably the only person that um requires more than one project's worth of stuff at a time. Oh. What? You're it talking might- to me too. Are you feeling heard? I'm feeling called out. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm feeling very attacked. Yeah. Um, it turns out it's like pretty easy just to go out and buy stuff, but like it's a little bit harder, but also kind of more exciting just to look and see what you have to see if that you might already have things. You probably, if you're me, you already have things. There's no probably. You do. So if you're experienced as a maker, you already have stuff mm-hmm. to make. Yes. If you're experienced as a magical maker, as a magical person, you already have stuff to make because yeah. I already know what your magic room looks like. It looks a lot like mine. There you go. Imagine that. And there is like in our home, like there's a lot of vent, there's a Venn diagram between like magical folks and making folks and it really overlaps yes yes so close there is because we put the craft in witchcraft yes exactly right it's all the same a a lot of times we are actually making a thing 
during ritual. And that's part of the crafting of our intent, right? Yes. So this is, this is that the, there are craft supplies all over the place. So this, this is what I think we can work on. This is the creative constraint of exactly finding, can I spend the extra time to organize a little corner of my craft room, be it my craft room or my craft room. Mm -hmm. And with the intent of creating something special for that someone special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is um, been something I've personally been doing a lot of. I, like I said before, as I am a couple of makers have a bit of a stash and I, until recently, kept half of it in the bags that I bought it in, too. And after, yeah, I know, you. I see the eye roll and the face palm. Uh, I feel ya. I am literally was not taking my own advice telling people, like, you know, why is it in the bag? You're not even going to look at it. You, I never touched things that were in the bag, even though there would be entire sweater quantities worth of some beautiful yarn that I was at one point really looking forward to casting out immediately. That never happened 10 years ago. So just, yeah, just having them there to enjoy and then being like, oh, wait, yeah, I should use this. Like, it's doing no good sitting there. Take it out and let it live. If not in your life, then gift it to someone else and let it live in theirs. Just tell us about Katie, December 18th, the full moon in Gemini. Ah, yes. So we are talking all about how good it is. It's a season of giving, right? Um, So December 18th is the full moon in Gemini, and it's the perfect day for humanitarian efforts and donations. Um, Because of those energies, what you'll give out into the universe at that time will come back to you tenfold. It's also only like two days away from the winter solstice, which is the classic day. Mm. of gift giving. And, you know, there's this season of this like idea of Odin walking the stranger in the winter in Northern Europe Mm. of the stranger who walks in the snow, knocks on your house door and you invite him in. Mm. And if you let him warm his feet and you serve him good food and you treat him as a welcome guest Well, you find out that was actually the God Odin and he bestows great blessings and great riches and great gifts upon your household. Mm. But if you treat him as a beggar, you turn him away or you give him, you let him in, but you leave him in the barn or you don't treat him well, Mm. then the gifts and the blessings he bestows upon you are commiserate with how welcome you make that guest feel. Mm. And this is that sort of origin. We think that there's some origin of this idea of Santa Claus, or Sinterklaas, or the different ways that Santa is is imagined. Yeah, you know sure where that might like come it. from. Oh, very interesting. And I feel very reminiscent of other gods. I think were we talking about the Romans who also had this sort of similar Saturnalia. situation? Yeah, yes. always invite them in, always feed yes. because they could be the gods. I yes. kind of the love Greeks, that, the ancient, right? the ancient Greeks had a very yeah, strong, <laughs> yeah, right. The ancient Greeks had a very strong um, 
very strong ethic as from what we think we know around um, how to treat guests. And it Mm. showed how honorable you were, but it also, there was a code around guests not to oversee or welcome. Mm. Um, And we inherit some of that. The Romans do that as well. Around this time, there's also the time of Saturnalia, which was a whole time of, you know, gift giving and shopping and all that stuff. So we inherit a lot of Christmas from Saturnalia for sure. And that is a really great thing we could talk about at a future episode. But this is, um, you know, big time for, which is coming, to Mm. get ready for this whole season. I mean, this shopping season and holiday season has been going on for thousands of years. It's not new. It's not new. (laughs) The Romans would complain that it was over-commercialized also. Hmm. They complained about the over-shopping and the over-commercialization. Oh, wow. oh so we're just, it's like old news this. Remember, this. <laughs> remember our episode on the Celtic Network? Yes. How we were also, we learned it from the Romans because that's yes, kind of the seed of our culture. Rome. Daddy Rome also taught us how to do Christmas. Great. Doing it Interesting. right. Interesting. Yeah. We'll find a lot of those themes. But yeah, so this is a really important thing. So I think it's interesting to talk about how magic can be donated. Yes. It's an interesting idea. How can Mm -hmm. magic be donated? And I think that there's one way, which is we can donate magic, like literally, like Marie Kondo, like (laughs) tidy up our our craft room, right? Mm, Yeah. We talked about how between my husband and I, we have like probably four houses worth of magical stuff, right? (laughs) We're okay. attached to all of it, so don't come beg, don't come asking for it because every you, priest brings us joy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not. We're, it'll be hard to part with it. But like, what are what are things? We just gave away like four bags of clothing and stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, some of this is kind of witchy, kind of you know. So mm. we gave it to other sort of witchy folks that we know, not to goodwill because they wouldn't yeah. appreciate it, right? Right. Yeah. So. Are, are there oils and candles and yarns and craft supplies and stuff like that from our magical collection? But I think we can also do magic for others. And you were asking a question about that. Yeah, I was wondering, like, how how do you do magic for, like, the collective, for the good of the world? You know, it's not like... It's not like um, I'm trying to do like a specific thing for a one person without their consent. That's not really what I'm trying to say. It's more like a, you know, if I want to donate to the goodwill of the season for humanity, how, like, what's a way I could go about doing that? Yeah, I think we can think about putting our, this is in the same category as living a magical lifestyle. How do Mm. I make my everyday activities magical? So if I'm going to volunteer at a soup kitchen, I can put intent into what I'm doing. So I can, just like I would pray over the soup, I can also put intent, magical intent into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So as I'm peeling the potatoes, I can, what, what is an intent we could put into the potatoes? Mm. Right. Oh, a potato comes from the ground. It's a root vegetable so maybe it's a grounding opportunity there yeah yeah Mm. maybe the carrots could have something similar maybe the orange maybe the orange of the carrot is a blockbusting yeah yeah it removes the barriers for people to Mm. see their way forward maybe we put a little turmeric in there for that purpose and also bring that together perhaps we add other things to the soup 
for our intention and yeah. for, you know, the reason that it's there. And so everything we do with that soup or that stew, we do that for that purpose. And we put the intent in as we're stirring the soup, perhaps we stir it in a clockwise manner to bring mm. our intention for the people who are doing it. As I'm ladling the soup into the delicious and amazing soup, because I put a little saffron in there mm. so that it brings again, some of that open the roads, blockbusting, let the roads be clear for this person. Mm. And it's delicious and they love it. As I'm serving it, you know, I'm, I'm saying in my mind, may you be blessed, may you be mm. whole and healed, whatever yeah. you may need. And I'm avoiding very specific things based on my own judgment of them. That's one way to think about it. But if you donate something like a bike or a jacket or mm. something, you could put intent into the thing that you're donating. Yeah. it's. I mean, again, it's not doing you any good just sitting on the shelf. So let it go and find where it needs to be to do its best good. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're donating one of those bags of groceries that you buy for $20 at the grocery store and it goes oh, to the food bank, Yeah, go up to that bag. And as you put it into that cart, say, may this bring prosperity to the family who receive to all who receive it mm. and all who distribute it. Oh, there you go. So what do you have for like suggestions for people? If I, you know, not everyone who listens to the show is like a um, brilliant magical worker like you, Jim. Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> what are some just like, basic, easy spells. If somebody wanted to donate their time to helping the collective, what's something someone could do in like a, like a mantra or, a, you know, an affirmation or something like that, or a prayer that could heal sort of just the energy if you can't do something physically? If you can't do something physically, I, I think first work on yourself. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's the first thing to do is start within. When we change ourselves, we start to change. That's where the world starts to change is when we change ourselves. So we first do the spell here and say, am I healed? Am I well? We heal or heal thyself. Like caregiver needs, you know, we need to be whole and complete charity begins at home. Mm, yeah. You can't making and from an empty cup. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure that I have, what I need what I need mm. and being able to then share that wealth and abundance and prosperity in the right way. That's in the way that's right for me. So I think mm. that's first yeah. and being, being able to do that with perfect intent. I think that's where that really can come into play in a way that's helpful. Oh, yeah. I think that great. sometimes people feel obligated at this time of year and perhaps sometimes give either from a sense of guilt or obligation or shame. Mm. And then they end up feeling bad about it later or overtaxed. Yes. And I think there's a way to have charity not have a negative connotation and be Absolutely. able to have charity be a source of joy. Mm -hmm. So there, that's what I'm hoping that people can start with. So that's a, one thing that I think, but what do you, th what's your answer to that question? I think you had a brilliant answer. I mean, if you are the example that you want to see in the world, 
then you're inspiring people, you know, even if it's not like, oh, I want to be exactly like that person. It's more like, oh, I want to live in the same energy that that person's emitting, you know, like that kind of attitude, that sort of thing. And another thing you said was, you know, not overburdening yourself. And with as a maker, that's like number one, you know, especially when you first start knitting or something like that. <laughs> All you want to do is make something huge for every member of your family. But then you remember like, oh, shit, there's like 20 plus people in my family. And I told them I'd make them all scarves or hats or something crazy. And now it's like I have a week out and I still have 30 of the projects left or whatever. And how am I going to do it? And now you're freaking out and you're sad that like they're going to be disappointed and they are going to be disappointed maybe because they didn't get the thing. And uh, so knowing your limits again, so that you can offer your best self and you're not just making uh, like 30 hats that are filled with stress and obligation. That's really powerful too. Not overburdening yourself is huge, Mm. huge. And this is, this is vacation time. This is time of rest. Like, what are we doing? We are on vacation overburdening ourselves with commitment to make a huge dinner, host a huge thing, Mm -hmm. show up to a huge thing, put up with all of this family. I mean, I hope that there's people listening who are like, thank God I'm not doing all that. (laughs) There's people who are like, I have to sit next to uncle Fred and his family who have Mm -hmm. like the opposite beliefs that I do, who are just going to be super stressed Right. And like, that's going to stress me out for like the three days before and the three days after. And we never give ourselves ample time. We never give ourselves ample time Mm. to actually rest, digest and recover from our commitments during the holidays. Yeah. And this is a big thing that I think is worth sort of having charity around having charity and compassion for people who have a difference of opinion, who are in our family, having charity and compassion for ourselves saying, I can spend two hours with the folks Mm. or with the family that I don't get along with. I'm going to prioritize being on vacation, not having to go to work, having that time off, being out in nature just being with myself, being with the people who I really enjoy, going to my friends' giving. Mm, yes, right? absolutely. So I think these are things to also really consider is having Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, Friendsgiving. It's past Thanksgiving. I'm just still in Thanksgiving mode since <laughs> it was just last week. I get it. Um, it's time. Having your friends' Christmas, your fr- your friends' holiday, your, you know, your Mm. Christmas and your holiday and your new year's and all that, which is really focused around the people that you are actively and consciously choosing to be around. And, you know, sometimes we think it's just easier to like succumb to the pressure of family. And I think that's another way to be charitable is understanding that charity sometimes is an obligation and we have to sort of manage that. And managing that takes a whole lot of effort. So Yes. And knowing your boundaries, which is part of knowing yourself. (laughs) So that's probably a whole nother episode. Oh, gosh. Well, we have a whole month to talk about it. So maybe we'll swing back around. So how about we close the episode with a little oracle draw? Huh? What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So 
We're going back in. Whoops, that's just me dropping everything. Uh, the Stitcher's Oracle deck. It's return. I love that deck so much. Me too. Uh, I'm excited to have her on as future guest, the designer. Uh, she also oh. does yarn, yes. which I didn't realize. So that's my bad for taking so long to realize that she had like what? a whole other company full of stuff. I didn't realize. I know. So my bad. Stitch Together Studio is the maker. You can find her on Instagram. Uh, following now Stitch Together Studio I can't believe I wasn't following her already I know just wait there's so much good yarn and amazing little things oh I had a little like planchette uh, stitch guy or a stitch gauger oh so cute anyway all right so I am I am following her (laughs) yes so much goodness you didn't even know (laughs) Kiana Kiana Nelson that's the one Oh my gosh, this yarn. Right? I know. This is why yarn stuff shows up in my feed because I'm following her <laughs> and you and a bunch I of other people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All what right. are we doing? So, our card this week is this guy here. Oh, here we go. <gasps> so, it is a crochet hook with yarn. Like maybe it's starting a project, perhaps it's finishing a project. This is um, that first, um, I forget what they're called in crochet. What's it called? The f- like the um, first chain? Yeah, like first that stitch. first stitch in crochet. Mm-hmm. But it's got that plant in there. Has me think about like, what are we starting? It's a, a new beginning of maybe a charitable project or charitable project. Um, especially with what we've been talking about this week. And it does seem like the um, the leaves in here are almost like, um, it sort of reminds me of like, you know, the eagle holding the... Um, the laurel. Yeah, exactly. On the one side, which I guess also mm-hmm. would kind of be seasonally appropriate, right? Yeah. So maybe this is a, a good time to start a charitable project, whether it's an actual making or magical making or just giving your time. Or start a laurel is also like well recognized. I think those frayed edges are also sitting Mm. there. And so you could also say, this is your like, remember that you've also done a lot Mm. and you have laurels in that loop. They were probably gained by having a little of this fray situation happen. I have to imagine. Mm -hmm. So perhaps that's also something. Mm. So you don't have to make it. You could also give a gift. Well, if anyone else, as always, has reflections on our card for this week, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Knit a Spell or Knit a Spell Podcast at gmail.com. Well, I just love all of our listeners. Our listenership is growing. And if you've enjoyed listening, we enjoy having you check in with us. So thank you for hanging out. See you guys. Bye, Jim. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, new episodes of Knit a Spell are conjured every Wednesday. Learn more at knitaspell.com and follow our Instagram page at knitaspell. If you have a quick second to support the show, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or share this with a friend. Jim and I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next week.